0: Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is John Spainhour We are here on Tuesday afternoon, April 5th. Typically, our host Cody would be here asking me questions about the GDT, but unfortunately, he was unable to be with us this afternoon. So I'm going to go ahead and try to run this show myself. Just a short review of today's GDT action. Keep in mind, this is the first auction that we've had in three weeks. This is one of those odd times where there's three weeks between auctions. We'll be back on the normal, schedule two weeks from now. However, on our last auction, we had a slight downtick on the GDT, and this one was followed up by kind of a mixed review or a mixed bag, but the net result of this auction from a composite index was that we were down about one percent. There's a lot of uh, mix and matching going on in here, but the the general outlook is that uh, that we were a little bit lower. But starting out, we've got cheddar came in 2.7 percent higher. That's going to put the New Zealand cheddar price at 2.94. Now, of course, there are some of those out uh, people out there that'll say there's very little cheddar that's traded on the GDT. It's kind of a price that can you know you don't really need to pay much attention to it. But I would point out that there's been some action in europe here in the last few weeks that saw the cheddar price go to about 280. So Europe kind of right there on the heels of the New Zealand price. And here we are in the US at an average price of about 226. Head on over to the non-fat skim milk powder. Skim milk was 1% higher, nothing too special there. Came in at about 209 to 210. And so we compare that to the European price of about 209 to 210. And finally we compare that to the US price of about $1.84. On the comparables we had butter, came in just slightly lower on this one puts the new zealand price in at 305 and that compares to some action that we've seen in europe at 365. today on the cme we saw our spot butter price bump a little higher i believe it settled the day at about 274. i apologize for not being exact on that my data is just a little delayed here and then you say well if butter was slightly lower and cheddar was higher and skim milk powder was higher Where was the uh, down digger? And that would be whole milk powder. Once again, we saw some downward action in here. We came in 1.5% lower. That is going to be our second lower auction on whole milk powder in a row. We've been going up and up and up over the course of the last few months here. And then if you remember last auction, we had quite a significant move lower, which actually flew in the face of the expectations that it would be higher on this auction today there was a a little bit of an expectation that the price was going to settle a little bit lower and a little bit lower it did coming in here at 1.5% lower so again a little bit of a mixed action in here but the net result being 1% lower if i were to try to extrapolate some things that came out of this auction other than just the price action the first thing i would like to point out is that what we saw here today in terms of participation from different regions. We always like to point that out because traditionally China is a pretty big leader on the GDT. In fact, they're always by far the biggest leader or or most of the time the, the most powerful buyer on the exchange. Excuse me. Don't want to mince my words here. However, it's always important to see what they're doing in terms of are they buying more or are they buying less? And are we seeing any action from other regions? We pointed out, oh boy, it's got to be almost six months ago now that the Chinese had forward contracted quite a bit of product off the exchange from the New Zealanders. And the result is that they had to buy a little bit less on the exchange because they had already forward contracted it. And so we've been looking at Chinese participation being very healthy over the course of the last six months, but less than it had been to the corresponding period the year before. And again, a lot of that comes down to that action that we saw and, and the behavior that we saw where they were able to forward contract off the exchange. At the same point in time, you say, well, if the Chinese weren't there and they were backing off, then how on earth has the GDT done what it's done? And and I'll say at the same point in time, we've seen other regions of the world step in and have to buy, specifically Southeast Asia, and now starting to see some action out of North Africa, you know, in the Middle East. So moving forward from there, the point I'm trying to make here is on this auction, we saw Chinese participation actually move to the lowest point on the auction that we've seen since June of 2016. Again, we've been seeing their participation be lower for one reason or another, be it COVID, be it buying the stuff off the exchange. And here we are seeing that, you know, we come in here on April 5th and we've got the Chinese participation at 58% lower lower than the year the corresponding auction from the year before, and then trying to find when was the last time their participation was so low, we'll have to say that it was in June of 2016, according to our data. Again, it follows up by saying, how on earth can Chinese participation be that low, and yet we only settle 1% lower? And the answer to that question comes down to, I've got, uh, according to our data here, Southeast Asia was up 53% on a year-over-year basis. And then we've got not the biggest buyers in the world, but Africa up 375%. Europe up 421. And then our next biggest buyer in there is the Middle East. So big buying out of the Middle East. And what that really reflects is you've got other regions of the world that are looking for dairy products and they're going to the places that they can get it right now, and that happens to be New Zealand, as well as I think we can make the case that we've seen more and more and more of that business come here to the U.S. So then we have to stop and beg the question, why does China not need to buy as much suddenly, and why do other places that are traditionally serviced by Europe – Having to come in here and buy so much? Has demand grown that much in Vietnam and these other places? Or conversely, has demand moved back so much in China? And I think it's kind of a a lot of different answers to that one question in terms of what's going on. Specifically in China, again, we can always point towards they're buying less on the auction. That doesn't explain why we've got such a sudden movement lower here on this auction. And I think the answer to why all of a sudden have we accelerated or decelerated or accelerated their lack of buying, I guess is the way to say it. I'm not sure if that's not a double negative or not. However, what explains this away? And I think it comes down to two things. One is that as we read the headlines right now, it's very evident that in China, COVID is still a very big part of their economy. There's still very large cities, you know, single cities with populations twice as big as some of our states that are on shutdown or on lockdown. Right. So that's really going to hurt demand. Certainly, that doesn't hurt them in terms of their ability to participate on the auction. But I think if you're your average Chinese buying company, you're looking at it saying, I got to worry about demand here, at least in the short term. And then finally, let's follow that up with milk production in China has increased. And as a result, Chinese milk prices have moved to a price. You know, if, you, if we go back in time, they were at, at such a high price that it made it cheaper for someone to import New Zealand whole milk powder or New Zealand products and reconstitute that in mainland China and sell it as a finished good as a substitute for fresh milk. Right now, the fresh milk prices come down and the whole milk powder prices come up. And what we're running into is that you've got some people saying, listen, I'd rather just buy fresh milk, the alternative or the switching costs and the tariffs and the transportation and this, that and the other. I'm just going to go ahead and buy whole milk powder. So I think we denigrated some of that bit. At the same point in time, let's look at places like Southeast Asia and say the demand go up there suddenly. And I guess there's probably a case to be made for that. My sense of things is, though, that these are countries that are traditionally serviced by Europe, and as they've been going to Europe and they've been looking for products, their their normal point of origin, they're finding out that Europe's got a huge problem with milk production right now. That's nothing new to the listeners on this podcast. We've been talking about it now for a long, long time. It's been a big part of the uh, reason why international prices have gone up, and what you've got are people saying, listen, I I can't get it out of Europe. I'm going to go over to New Zealand. And again, we can say that they've come over here into the U.S. If we just go back to our pricing guide that we talked about earlier, is there a lot of room for growth between the international price and the U.S. domestic price? The answer is, of course, there has been and and there probably always will be um, in some ways, some sort of basis or differential between the two. However, I think the fact that Europe is at two eighty cheese and New Zealand's at two ninety four cheese has a lot to do with the fact that the US cheese price right now is two twenty six, right? And we've heard it time and time and time again from people saying, If I can just get our boats moving in a in a more reliable way, we can move a lot more cheese onto the international water and uh, suddenly see that u.s price move even higher so still battling that regional difference basically because of transportation however those buyers also are a big part of the reason why u.s butter is at 274 and a big reason why non-fat here in the US is a dollar 85. So again, I guess I would look at it and say European, the lack of European milk production is starting to have an effect on, or has had an effect on the international price. It has had caused those buyers to look for product elsewhere. Therefore, you see the Southeast Asians buying and participation on the GDT offsetting the lack of Chinese buying. So again, uh, I, I look at the result of this auction and say, I'm kind of in that glass half full, glass half empty there is no way possible that you can look at Chinese participation being at the lowest point since June of 2016 and not say, boy, I've got to put that into the bearish camp. That is a very important fact. I don't want to sit here and say that that's the red, you know, let's turn on the alarm bells and things are all of a sudden different. One auction doesn't make a trend. And again, as they come out of lockdown and as we possibly see the you know, the price can continue to rise because of other countries, we could see the Chinese come right back in and start buying again. But I think it's important to point out we are seeing Chinese demand fade and fade hard. And that puts a lot of pressure on the other countries in terms of doing enough buying to keep the price as high as we are. If we see those other countries, though, start to see demand out of those other countries Blip or, or tail back, I think you could see a pretty sudden move lower in these dairy prices. I'm not saying that is going to happen. I'm saying we need to be very conscious of it. Something else that I think is important to point out, why is European milk production as low as it is? One of the points that we've made for a while is that the Europeans have a environmental philosophy, doctrine, and litigation called farm to fork. And part of the result is, of that is that where they're reducing their environmental effects partially through toning down their agriculture and you know coming after the agricultural industry. As a result, you have less milk. And as a result, you have higher prices. And that was all, uh, I guess, fine and dandy until we got into a possibility of a war. And now all of a sudden, we've got food prices at significantly higher levels across everything, dairy included. And I think what we saw here was the first chink in the armor. And that is that last week, the president of France said, hey, we really need to reevaluate this philosophy, or at least in practice, and maybe make some sort of easement in terms of how we go about this or our timing about this. And I think if we start to see more of that rhetoric, specifically if we start to see more of that litigation being eased, we could see European milk production start to bump back up again. Already in France, you see on this week's numbers still At a dangerously low level, but getting back to on a trajectory which puts it back in, you know, gaining. In Germany and and England, not the case, but specifically in France, we're starting to see that milk production grow again. And I think we have to keep an eye on that to say, hey, listen, Chinese demand is already fading. And there's a possibility here on a structural term that European milk production might have an opportunity to gain. I do want to, you know, step back and say, I think that's all important to keep in mind. I do not think that that means that the market is turning at this moment in time or that European milk production is suddenly in good shape. I really want to be clear about that, but I do think that we have to keep those kind of things in the back of our mind. For right now, I think, though, we can look at it and say this was a pretty healthy auction all in all, and that the European prices of dairy right now are moving higher as well. And I look at it and say the U.S. prices, almost all of our U.S. prices, at least on the listed commodities are you know that we see here on an NDPSR basis, are lower than what the European and New Zealand price are by a pretty good magnitude. And if I put that together, I look at it to say, I know we're in some places we're coming out of flush here in the U.S. and some places we're going into it. But let's fast forward two months down the road here. And I think we can make the case that this market being this strong right now in April and then looking down as we move down the road here into the middle of the summer, we probably are yet to see our highs of the year on most of our dairy products. So again, I'm going to go ahead and uh, leave it at that. We do miss having Cody here. I assure everybody he's okay. I think we let him have maybe a vacation. I don't know. I hope he's having to work today. Nevertheless, he will be back for the next auction, which is in two weeks. If you have any questions between now and then reach out to either Cody and I, and we look forward to talking to you on the next auction. Thank you and have a good day.